the message for today is serving God wholeheartedly. Amen. We are called to serve God wholeheartedly. For many of us, it's just going to church every Sunday. We say that we are serving God. You know, many Christians, not only us, but many Christians, they go to church every Sunday faithfully. And they say that they are serving God. And they define it as serving God. They justify themselves as serving God. And we have to remember that God is not only looking for our attendance every Sunday, but He is looking at us during our weekdays. Amen. We have to be excited not only on Sundays in the church, but we have to be excited every day. What we do after the Sunday service is what matters to God. Amen. We might be coming to church. We might be you know, listening to the message, say hallelujah, thank you Jesus, glorify God and we'll be jumping and you know, we'll be showing our excitement which is good. But God is not only looking at that. God is more concerned what we do during the weekdays. What we do after we come out of the church is what God is observing and we forget that God is watching us during those weekdays. Amen. So God is excited in seeing us being the church every day of the week. 24 by 7, we are called to serve God. Amen. We are called to serve God not only on Sundays, but every day. Not only every day, but every minute. Every second of our lives, we are called to serve God. Because we have to remember, God created us to have fellowship with us. He didn't create us to have fellowship with the world. Amen. He didn't create us uh, to have a fellowship with the worldly people. No, God created us to have fellowship. I mean, that's the reason he created Adam and Eve. He didn't create them as robots. He gave them free will. And the reason why God created Adam and Eve was to have fellowship with them. Amen. He wanted to spend time with them. Amen. And he blessed them. And he just told them, you know, this creation that I created, enjoy it. Replenish it. Multiply. Subdue the earth and replenish the earth. And that was a beautiful blessing that God gave to Adam and Eve. They didn't have to work like nine to five jobs that we do and we struggle. God never intended Adam and Eve to work. He said, enjoy my creation and subdue the earth. And the only thing what he expected from them was a fellowship. But unfortunately, Adam and Eve lost that fellowship with God because of the disobedience. Amen. So God wants us to have the same fellowship. Amen. And that is possible when we serve God every day. Not just on Sundays, but every day, every minute of our lives. We are called to serve God. Amen. We are called to serve God by putting Him first in every area of our lives. In our marriages, um, in our businesses, in our finances, in, in every area of our relationships. We have to put God first. Amen. We have to teach our spouse to put God first. We have to teach our children to put God first. Amen. It says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 37. This is what Jesus is telling his disciples. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. 
Amen. So he's telling that if you love your father or mother, or if you love your children more than me, then you're not worthy of me. I mean, Jesus is very straightforward. Many Christians have tried to manipulate what Jesus is saying and try to fix, you know, his parables according to their lifestyle. But here Christ is very, uh, you know, straightforward in what he's saying. He's saying, if you love your father and mother more than me, if you love any relationship above me, you are not worthy of me. Amen. And secondly, he says, if you refuse to take up your cross, and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Amen. What do you mean by carrying your cross? Carrying your cross is crucifying your flesh, crucifying your will for your own life. Amen. Every one of us, we have our own will. We want to lead our life according to our own will. Amen. We have our own desires, which is a fleshly desire, which is a worldly desire. And we are not willing to carry the cross. But look at Jesus. He was, I mean, he... I mean, he was not willing, in fact, when he was to get ready on the day of crucifixion. That night before his crucifixion, he cried. It says that he cried drops of blood and he said, Lord, I'm not willing to go on the cross. Please, Jesus. Lord, Father God, I don't want to go on the cross. But in the end, he said, Lord, let not my will, but let your will be done. And because Jesus put God's will above his will, today he's seated at the right hand of God. Amen. And he's going to judge us and rule us. For eternity to eternity. What a blessing. Amen. And those are, the, those are the blessings when we put our will below. I mean, when we put God's will above our will. Amen. That is possible when you carry your cross. We are called, every Christian is called to carry the cross. And that's what Jesus is commanding. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. I mean, if you really want to find a life that is pleasing in the eyes of God, if you want to find a life filled with joy, prosperity, peace, riches, a good health, a life that Christ came to give us, if you want to experience that actual abundant, peaceful life that God created for Adam and Eve, you can receive it. And that is possible when you cling, when you lose your life, for God. And if you give up your life for Him. Amen. That's what Jesus is saying. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. A true life. A life filled with peace. A life filled with joy. A life filled with prosperity. A life filled with good health. Amen. So those are the life. Uh, that is the life that God wants to give us. And that is possible if we crucify our flesh and carry our cross every day. We have to crucify our flesh every day, church. Amen. And that is possible when we surrender our will to God's will. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 17, Paul is calling them to walk by the Spirit. Paul is telling the Galatian church to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. He's telling us to walk by the Spirit because God is Spirit. Amen. He has deposited His Spirit in us. So we are called to walk by the Spirit and you will not be able to gratify the desires of the flesh. And because we are still not walking in the Spirit, we are not experiencing that abundant life that Christ came to give us. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, it says, Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord and He will make your paths straight. Amen. 
is clearly saying don't lean on your understanding you might be intelligent you might you might be highly educated but do not trust in your understanding trust in god and lean on his understanding and then he will make your path straight but unfortunately many christians their paths are not straight their paths are still crooked there's no joy there's no peace is because we are not leaning on god's understanding we try to do things on our own understanding and we think that this is perfect and this is the right way amen but god is telling us don't lean on your understanding amen we are called to be conserve god completely by being consistent in our walk with him amen how can you say you're serving god if you're not you know coming for the prayer meetings if you're not coming for the sunday services if you're not coming for the thursday prayer meetings if you're not coming for the uh, you know when you're not fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters how can you say you're being you're serving god is saying that we are called to serve god by being consistent consistent in our walk with god amen consistent in reading the bible every day consistent in praying every day consistent in fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters amen so we have to be consistently walking with god enoch was consistently walking with god and he said that he he didn't god took him he didn't have to see death he didn't have to see decay god just came and took him because he was constantly walking with god amen elijah the great prophet he didn't see death why because he was consistently walking with god amen those are the blessings if you're consistent in our walk with god look at job he's a very good example job was consistent god i mean he lost everything he lost his family he lost his finances and even he lost his health but he never gave up on god he kept worshiping god he was consistent in worshiping god i'm sure there was no church in the time of job or in the time of abraham they didn't have churches every sunday like we have but the one thing that god saw in them was their consistent consistent walk with god and god blessed job and he got back double fold of what he lost and so was abraham abraham got promised you're going to have a child and he was consistently walking with god trusting god that he's a promise keeping god he waited for 100 years you can imagine and we just we can't wait for 2 days god promised me yesterday and lord i didn't i don't see it coming through you right now i need it right now lord but look at abraham his patience amen for 100 years he waited on god and god fulfilled his promise sometimes god looks at our patience amen he looks at our consistent trust in him and abraham was blessed with a child at the age of 100 years which is impossible amen physically it's impossible but remember with god nothing is impossible the other two examples are joshua and caleb they were walking consistently with god millions of people left egypt but only two people made it to the promised land joshua and caleb why because they were consistently walking with god humbly walking with god amen so many of us we have not reached our promised land a land where christ wants us to be a land filled with joy peace and happiness we are still on the way amen but we have to be consistent in our walk with god we are called to serve god completely by separating ourselves from the worldly people amen if you're still living in the world and one foot in the church and you cannot say that you're serving god 
completely. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 5, Paul is telling the church to separate themselves from worldly people, from religious, actually religious people. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. He's saying they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Amen. So he's telling us to stay away from religious people because they act religious, but they will deny the power that could make them godly, that could make them holy. Amen. I mean, you'll find such kind of people in many places. They will act religious. They will do all the hallelujahs, but they will not walk the talk. Amen. They will not walk consistently with God. They just go to church and say hallelujah, raise the hand, but the rest of the week they're cursing, you know, their spouses, they're, they're opening their filthy mouths, you know, they're cursing their neighbors, you know, they're, they're abusing their children, but on the Sunday they come with their hands lifted high. Amen. So God, so Timothy is telling the church, they will act religious, but they will deny the power that could make them godly and is telling them to stay away from such people. Why they don't act, why they, there's no change in them because there's no transformation in them because there's no repentance in them. Amen. Repentance brings transformation. If there's no repentance, it's never going to be a transformation. Repentance comes first and then comes revival. Amen. So because there's no transformation in them, they will keep acting religious. And they think that they're fooling God, but they're actually fooling themselves. But the sad part is they're fooling the people as well. And they're taking them further away from God. So that's the reason Paul is warning to stay away from religious people. Amen. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Bad company corrupts moral behavior. Amen. So we have to stay away from bad company. Amen. Bad company, they corrupt our moral behavior and they take us away from God. We are called to serve God completely by serving our your church. Amen. We are called to serve God by serving your church. Where you are being nourished and fed in the word of God. Amen. Many Christians are saying we are not coming to church because of such person. Because the people in the church are this, the people in the church. I mean, I understand every church has... People who are struggling, you know, but we have to remember that we are coming to church not for people. We are coming to church for God because God is answering our prayers. God has done great miracles in our lives. So we are coming to serve God. Amen. So we are called to serve God by serving your church. We are called to serve the church where we are going. We have to contribute. What are you contributing? Amen. Are you doing anything for the growth of the church? Amen. I remember... Uh, Pastor Jose's ex-wife, she was the one who invited me to the church. Uh, she used to come to my aunt's house. She was a friend of my aunt. And she would tell me, you know, why don't you come to our church? Because I was looking for a church and I, I didn't have any church. And I said, okay. So she took me, she gave me a ride to the church. And uh, she brought me to the church and I met Pastor Nunes. And Pastor Jose told me this. She brought my ex-wife would always raise her hand every Sunday asking prayer for you. Every Sunday. She would make up a point, make up her mind to make sure that she pray, asks prayer for me. Amen. And because of her constant asking prayer for me, 
God opened that door. She was able to meet me. I mean, she was able to invite me. And because she invited me, spending time to come all the way to my house to pick me up. Because we live in the north side and she lives in the south side. But she, you know, coming all the way, picking me up and taking me to the church. God changed my life. Amen. God transformed my life. God set me free from addictions. God set me free from sin. Amen. God changed my life and today God is using me to share the word, not just to the church, but to the, so many people outside the church. Why did this happen? was because of the contribution of the sister who was willing to bring me to church. Amen. So what are you doing? Are you doing anything to further the kingdom of God? We are called to be the hands and the feet of the church. Amen. We are not only called to just come to church and be blessed, but we have to be a blessing to others. Amen. So we have to contribute to the growth of the church. God gave me this scripture from Haggai chapter 1 and verses from 2 to 8. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Amen. So these people, the Israelites, they were saying that we are serving the Lord, we are serving the Lord. But in fact, they were busy building their own luxurious houses. And the Lord sent this message to Prophet Haggai and is telling, You are living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruin. My house, the house of God is lying in ruin. And you guys are busy building your houses. Amen. I don't know why God gave me that scripture, but I don't want to question God. But I know why he has given us the scripture. Because there's a reason why he gives us. Amen. God blessed us with the church building. We have the church building available. But many of us, we have not yet made up our mind to go ahead and have a Sunday service there. I'm still waiting. I know Sister Corina is willing to join, but there are so many others who are the elders of the church. Amen. They have to make up their mind as well. It's not only me. It's not my house. It's God's house. Amen. As the elders of the church, we have to make up our mind and to go to the church that God has opened the door. Amen. I, I remember I got a call from Bobby Neely uh, last week. And he said, where do you guys have the service? I want to come to the church. Give me the address. And I said, I'm sorry, Bobby. I don't have the address. I mean, we don't have, we have the building. But we're not yet having the services there. Amen. So people want to come. But what about the elders? Are they willing to come forward and have the services there. God has opened the door for us to have the church. But we are busy in our building our own homes. Amen. And we are not thinking about the house of God. Amen. So we cannot say that we are serving God completely. 
if you are not serving God or if you are not contributing to the will of God. Look at the first church. If you find that early church, the very first church, you find that in Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 to 44. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. Amen. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And verse 44, And the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Amen. Verse 46, They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes, for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. This was the first church, the early church, the very first church. And look at their characters and the features of this church. It says they were meeting and they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles and to fellowship and to sharing in the meals and in prayer. And the apostles were performing great miracles, signs and wonders. I mean, all the apostles, God anointed them. They, even their handkerchiefs would heal the sick. Even their shadow would heal the sick. The shadow of Peter would heal the sick. The handkerchief, the clothes of Paul would heal the sick. Such great powerful anointing was there upon these apostles. Miraculous signs and wonders were happening. And it says in verse 44, All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Amen. They were willing to share their property. They sold their property and possessions and share their money with those in need. Amen. And that is the pattern that God is. This is called the church. This is called the actual church because we are meeting every day. It says they met every day at the temple. Amen. And they shared their meals with great joy and great generosity. Amen. So that's the church that God is looking at. Amen. There are some churches that are doing that. I'm not saying that we are the only one that are doing, but there are so many other churches that are doing this. And God is pleased with that. And that is the kind of church God is looking for. And that is the kind of church Christ is coming for. Remember, Christ is not coming from, for every Christian. Very clearly it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, Either be hot or be cold. If you're a lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. That's what Jesus is telling us. And many Christians take it so lightly. I mean, Jesus, every word Jesus talks is so straightforward. It's not sugar-coated like many preachers do. They sugarcoat the gospel. Amen. But Christ is so straightforward. He preached repentance. Many people get upset about the word repentance. But if you see the whole Bible, Jesus, the first thing he preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The first thing John the Baptist preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The first thing Jeremiah the prophet preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The same goes on with Elijah and Isaiah and so many prophets. If you go through the whole Bible, talks repentance, repentance, repentance. Amen. But unfortunately, many Christians, they get upset with the word repentance because if there's no repentance, there's never going to be a transformation in our lives. Amen. If there's no transformation in us, we cannot transform our family. 
We cannot transform our spouse, our children, our relatives, our neighbors, our communities. We cannot. There has to be a transformation because Christ said, be the light to the world. We are, we are called to be the church that goes out and brings the people who are living in darkness to the kingdom of God. Amen. Our job is to go and invite our brothers and sisters who are living in darkness. Invite them to the church. When you bring them to the church, God will transform their life. God will touch their lives because when they hear the message, a seed is sown in their heart and that will produce fruit. Amen. The transformation start taking place. I remember when I was coming to the church, every Sunday I would cry. I would cry. I would tell the pastor, I don't know why, pastor. It's so embarrassing, but I'm crying every Sunday. And he was telling me, God is cleansing you, Sheba. God is doing something in you. God is changing you. I didn't understand the process. Nobody can understand how God works. But there's a process that takes place in one's life. Amen. So we have to invite people to the house of God. Because it's not me who is going to do it. It's, it's God who does the work. It's not Pastor Jose who was doing it. It was God and the word and the message that was bringing tears in my eyes. Amen. God is touching our lives. So we have to be the church, the hands and feet of the church to go out and bring the people who are living in darkness to the house of God because God wants to touch their lives. Amen. That's the reason Jesus commanded, go out into the world and preach the gospel. That was his command before he left. But unfortunately, many Christians are busy building their own luxurious homes, as Haggai says in Haggai chapter 1, that we are not focusing on the house of God. Amen. So God is calling us to serve Him completely. Serve Him wholeheartedly. By doing this, by being consistent in our walk with God. Amen. By separating ourselves from the worldly people. Amen. And putting Him first in every area of our lives. And that is when we can serve, say we are serving God. Amen. So that's the message that I wanted to share with you all. Hope it blesses everyone on the conference and the one on the podcast.